closing time Open all the doors and let you out into the world Closing time Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl Closing time One last call for alcohol So finish your whiskey or beer Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay here I know who want to take me home I know Welcome to Greeting Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Appleton, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Altoona. And today is the day that many of you have been waiting for for almost a year. Um, in, I think, the minds, if I'm speaking for a group of people, I think in the minds of the fans of this show, this is a bigger day than Super Bowl Sunday. It's bigger than the first game of the season. It's the Goldie Awards, and uh, we've had some great uh, input and voting, and uh, so we're going to get to those pretty quick here. But Matt, before we start, um, late breaking on the day after the Super Bowl, the last time we had an episode, the Packers made two big roster moves that we didn't get a chance to talk about, kind of lost in all of the action of the uh, Super Bowl the day before. And I just wanted to touch upon those real quick before we uh, go to the Goldies, and that was the release of longtime Packers and former Super Bowl champions on this team, Sam Shields and James Starks. And uh, I think neither move was unexpected, but those both were guys that were rookies and heroes in 2010 and have been very productive players for the team since. And so uh, I think that's kind of the beginning, uh, signaling anyways, with a lot of free agents upcoming for the Packers, that uh, there's some potential for some major roster turnover. And I guess what are your thoughts not only on that idea that we might be in store for another kind of influx of new talent similar to 2013 and 2009, but uh, kind of those two guys in particular? Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, the, the Starks one was, I think, kind of inevitable. I, maybe you would think it would go toward, you know, to training camp or preseason and then happen, but I, we've seen the last couple of years, it's just not the I mean, I guess maybe I should say specifically last year, I mean, there was just no burst, there was no moves in the hole, and he just, mm-hmm. there was no way that that guy was a, a better option for you, even than like a Ty Montgomery or, or whoever else you kind of picked up. Kristen Michael came in and instantly looked better, so mm-hmm. um, not a surprise there, but a good career with the Packers. I mean, we can all say we're... We're happy we had him. He helped us win a Super Bowl, so mm-hmm. a, a good Packer career. And, and Sam Shields, I think that one hurts me a lot just because, I mean, he's still got potential to come back and do some things, but it's one of those that you almost, and they've been right on these with, you know, Mike Collins and Jermichael Finley, and they seem to sense when they're trying to give the guy kind of a hint, like, hey, man, maybe it's time to just hang him up here. Yeah. And uh, But, I mean, he was so good, but just such a short career and such an interesting story turning from an undrafted wide receiver out of Miami to a shutdown corner in the NFL and getting his big contract. So that one stinks, especially when you're you're so thin at that position. You'd hope maybe you could try to bring him back and see what happens. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've seen from Ted and those guys that they kinda tend to know a little more uh, about what's right to do here than we do on those things. So mm-hmm. um, 
they all they they both hurt, and they're both sad to see go. Good NFL NFL careers with the Packers, potential Packer future Hall of Famers, and mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it could, you know, potentially opening up some some space. They've got to make moves, obviously, and I think everybody feels that. Hopefully, Ted does too. It can't just be a, a draft only kind of a year. So hopefully, this opens some stuff up. Yeah, I I think you're right, and one of the things that leads me to believe that the Packers might be more active this year is um, the. There's an insider inbox on Packers.com that is actually quite good. Um, they're more impartial than they get credit for. But they're still team employees, and there's three reporters on there that do a great, great job. But even they, who usually are 100% behind Ted Thompson for his choices about being inactive in free agency, have really been pushing this idea that Aaron Rodgers is late in his career and that if they were ever going to get out of their comfort zone with free agency, that now is the time. And so I'm not a conspiracy theorist and think that those guys are saying anything but their own opinions, but um, maybe that signals that they're getting the vibe that there's this sense of urgency within this team that we haven't had in years past. And if you think about the guys they're potentially going to lose, you have most of the productive parts of that 2013 draft class that hasn't been re-signed yet. Uh, They nabbed Bakhtiari and uh, Mike Daniels to long-term deals, but Eddie Lacy might be going, Micah Hyde might be going, you got Nick Perry who might go. I think Daton Jones is up for um, uh, free agency as well. So you have a lot of those guys. And so um, it, it's kind of sad for me is that that 2013 draft class was pretty solid, um, but none of them are going to leave really having accomplished anything, unfortunately. Um, I mean, they've, they've carried on the tradition of going to the playoffs every year, but um, for that group, and you think of even guys like Randall Cobb and, and some of those, the way things are going, that uh, – you know, there's going to be a group of players that played in big games but weren't able to be a part of that championship team, and that's kind of sad for me. Yeah, basically a whole core of guys that we thought were you know potential future uh, big time players on the team, and they all had you know like, like we've talked about a bunch, kind of nice careers, but um, you know none of them were really enough to, to put you over the top and get us where we needed to go. So yeah, it's it's always sad, and it makes you feel older every time you see one of these like generations of players come and go. Because you remember it when they were, you know, just rookies and you're all excited about it. Now they're, you know, five years in and they're gone. Guys that were too young to have gone to college with us. Yeah. Now, now leaving the team. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. But um, just real quick, uh, James Starks, when I think of him, I'm always going to think of that game in Philadelphia in the wild card round in 2010. And Sam Shields was a, a nice player. Um, I think, luckily for him, he got that big contract that even we talked about. Um, I'm glad he got it because of the circumstances that might spell the exit to um, uh, from the NFL and the end of his career. Uh, so I'm glad that he's going to have that to fall back on. But uh, I, I always was a little – he came from nowhere, but then I always was waiting for him to kind of make the next step, and he never quite could. But he really rescued them in 2010 when we thought we were going to get Al Harris back and they didn't and Tremont Williams stepped up and then Sam Shields stepped right into the position that Tremont Williams had been playing and when I think of Sam Shields forever I'll think of him picking off Caleb Haney at the goal line and sending the Packers to the Super Bowl yeah absolutely all right enough of that that's a lot of sad stuff let's talk about 2016 let's talk about the goldies Fifty-one yard field goal attempt. Snap. Placement. Kick to the upright. And it is right down yes. the middle. It is good. And the Packers are going to the NFC Championship game. And what 
watch the Green Bay Packers spilling onto the field, jumping all over Mason Crosby, who won it not once but twice. Welcome to the fifth annual Goldie Awards. It's hard to believe that there's been five years of Goldies, and it's even harder to believe that there was any enjoyment coming out of life prior to the existence of the Goldies. But luckily they're here, and I'm glad that we've been able to uh, entertain you all for a half decade with the Goldies. And this year especially, being the fifth annual Goldie Awards, we had to make sure that we had the absolute best host possible, someone that was charismatic, someone that was loved by all different types of people all over the world, all nationalities, somebody that in our tumultuous times could bring the world together, and there was no other choice for us than Matt. Oh, man. <laughs> I, uh, I can't believe it. You know, uh, it's... it's... <laughs> so many other good contestants for this, and um, you know they just give it to me every year. And being the fifth year anniversary of this, I'm I'm super proud to be doing this. So so thank you for that, and everybody who voted and, and yeah. chose to have me here. I'm I'm super excited to do this again. Yeah, I mean it was basically uh, one of those uh, binding um, documents coming from the UN that we had to have you. So we, we <laughs> our hands were tied. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Hey, you know I'm I'm super excited to do this, Eric here, but. Um, <laughs> Once, once again, though, um, we're doing one of these, and the Packers were, were kind of once again knocked out of the playoffs, largely due to a Dom Capers defensive collapse after last year. Did you see that when that happened? I did. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, Eric, the only person that I can think of that has failed more times repeatedly and collapsed so many times with everyone tuning in still keeping their jobs, that's me hosting the Goldie Award. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I don't know if you heard about this, Eric, here, but the Georgia Dome, they're actually tearing it down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... It's it's just kind of strange. I mean, we've 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 seen the whole lifespan of the Georgia Dome. It, it had so much promise, so full of fame and glitz and glamour, and was just one of the league's best, you know. And yeah. and it, it hasn't been in the league that long. But now, because it's clunky, outdated, and falling apart earlier than expected, they have to shut it down. Eric, I'm sorry. Did I say the Georgia Dome? I meant Clay Matthews. Oh. <laughs> So, uh, Eric, but I think we can all agree watching Rodgers have to do this largely by himself last year was extremely frustrating, and um, so it's good to have an award show like this to bring us back up. It, it feels like really, you know, with Rodgers doing that by himself, it's been like watching a firefighter try to put out a fire with like a case of Capri Sun. <laughs> yes. or, or an architect trying to build a sample model of a building with just peanut butter. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, we got to get some help around him. So yeah. I, I prep more for this fake award show than Ted Thompson for free agency. Am I right? <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on that note, uh, again, happy to be hosting the Goldies again this year with new awards and new winners. So let's get to the ballot. All right, that was fantastic. I <laughs> I had no idea you were going to do that. That's awesome. <laughs> I figured being you know the fifth one, I better not just completely be caught off guard by being named nominee. At least have a couple of jokes this year. <laughs> no, that was great. Those are good jokes too i like them i did what i could I, you know i took like five minutes on my lunch break today and just pieced those together real quick for you hey i i can do anything on my lunch break so that's more <laughs> than that and not that i can't like physically don't have the time to it's just i pretty much stare off into blank space eating so um you got one up on me that was awesome all right so do we want to just start are we want to go ahead first into the the offensive and defensive players of the year here or do we want to start from the bottom yeah let's go top down this year and we'll save uh, some of our really fun uh, fan submitted awards to the end all right, awesome. Well, number one here, so 
Um, Eric puts these put these battles again together for us this year, so thanks for that, Eric. And we're naming offensive MVP without Rodgers, obviously, who clearly was the choice, Eric. So who did you pick for your MVP? Um, do you want to read off the nominees quick before we get to that, sure, in case sure. somebody's so not following? we got uh, Jordy Nelson um, with 97 catches and 14 touchdowns. We had Devontae Adams with 12 touchdowns. Uh, we had Ty Montgomery, uh, Jared Cook, and we had Mason Crosby. Okay, I voted for Jordy Nelson. Um, I think that was pretty clear. Um, not only was the offense significantly improved uh, with him back in the lineup, but he was kind of the guy that was Rogers' go-to guy as he still worked out of his funk earlier in the year. And with that production that he had, um, for me, not only was it a choice where I think he legitimately was the MVP, but it was kind of... Uh, so enjoyable to see him recover and I remember when he first had the injury thinking about his contract and things like that we, we weren't sure if he was ever going to play for the Packers again much less be the all pro caliber player he was this year and to see that happen was just awesome so he's definitely my uh, MVP and Rodgers is still the super MVP but I think that if you had a, a wide voting pool that he still would have gotten some votes even if Rodgers was on this list. Yeah, you might be right, um, and and I actually went different here, and I was really torn between the two here, and I think our our two are clearly the only choices for this out of the other ones on here. But I chose Devonte, mm-hmm. and um, you know the production with with Jordy was a little bit higher, and I think obviously coming back from that injury and being coming comeback player there was phenomenal. But I think what uh, gave me the edge for Devonte was not only the improvement, which was obviously super stark from last year, but what what he was doing in those weeks when the whole team was just down, and it seemed like he was the only thing keeping them afloat and really kind of helped them bounce back when it seemed like they were dead. So mm-hmm. I I think, you know, Jordy puts up a lot of stats those last, you know, four weeks of the year when Rodgers was already kind of clicking again, and those probably go hand in hand. But um, to me, just, you know, kind of remembering what Devontae did when the team was so down and just seemingly carrying everybody, including Rodgers at that time too, mm-hmm. really, um, so, you know, even though he only ends up with 75 receptions, just shy of a thousand yards to me, he was the, the, maybe not the most outstanding player, I'd say Jordy, but MVP, I, I chose Devante. Yeah, that's actually a really good justification. And, uh, you know, I, I think, um, I would even consider switching my vote. I'll stay with Jordy, but yeah, that was great. I kind of forgot about how he was their rock during that four game stretch when they weren't very good. And, and him being kind of the deep threat more than Jordy a lot of the season, I mean, he blowing the top off of that Seattle defense on that first drive really was a game changer right away. Uh, I didn't think that Seattle's defense thought the Packers could do that. And so, yeah, you bring up a great point. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did the fans think? Uh, the fans voted for Jordy Nelson, uh, 82% uh, nice. for Jordy. And I think it's because of the uh, uh, just how eye-popping his numbers were. But um, Devontae Adams got uh, about... Uh, 10% of the remaining vote, and then Ty Montgomery also got about the same amount of vote, and uh, I think that's fair as well, because he really kind of rescued the run game. Yeah, that's true. I mean, without him doing what he did there down the stretch at, at running back, I mean, this you, know, you could have not even made the postseason, so a, a fair choice, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, nothing for Mason, although he had a really good season. Yeah, I, I think most of his big accomplishments were the postseason, though, too, so yeah. I guess if people are looking at this how we normally look at MVPs, you probably don't count that. Yeah, I would agree. All right, number two. All right, number two, uh, Packers Defensive Player of the Year. So our options here, uh, safety Morgan Burnett uh, led the team in tackles. Uh, we had HaHa, who had five picks, named to his first Pro Bowl. Uh, Nick Perry, 11 sacks. Mike Daniels, um, uh, four sacks, but, again, doing a lot of nice things. And Clay Matthews, um, 
playing in the playoffs, five sacks, five and a half uh, commercial started on the ballot there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I can go first with this one. I picked um, I picked Haha on this one, and I you know it's nice him going to his first Pro Bowl, but I think he. He kind of turned into something this year that I was afraid he wasn't, and I think a lot of people were scared. Him and Morgan looked like they could be a great tandem for years, and then maybe not so much last year, and then kind of coming together this year again. So he looks like he could definitely be a star in this league, and you know, five big interceptions, making uh, plays at critical times, and really kind of carrying a secondary that was poor otherwise. So I'll go with Clint Dix. Yeah, and I probably would have voted for him, but as you said earlier, I'm the one who prepares this ballot, and when I'm putting the ballot together, I'm just trying to select everything, and then um, and then I go vote later once it's live for everyone, and once and we'll get to it later, once I had the nominees for the Are You Bleeping Kidding Me Award, there's a play in that that instantly turned me against um, HaHa, and he played great this year. He had two big picks in that Bears game that really helped him out, but that one play for me just kind of bothered me, and I think if if you're the best player on the defense, you, you can't let that happen, and we'll get into that later, but I, uh, I voted for Mike Daniels. I felt like he was the most consistent player on that defense week in and week out. Um, maybe he's not the dominating four that I wish he was, but he's still pretty much the same guy every week. And even though their run defense kind of got exposed for not being this all-time great run defense that they were statistically earlier in the season, they still finished in the top 10. And uh, with uh, is as bad as they are sometimes on defense to be in the top 10, and he's largely to blame for that. So I gave him the, gave him the nod. Yeah, and I was close on that one too. And I it's it's super rare that you see a defensive tackle that you notice as much as him blowing up plays. And maybe, you know, the stack numbers aren't going to be there and all that stuff. He's not going to be that guy, but he's just disrupting plays constantly. I think that, I think he's probably the best player on this defense at this point. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, the fans selected HaHa Clinton-Dix with uh, 45% of the vote. Nick Perry got 36% of the vote. Nice. And Mike Daniels got the remaining um, vote, of about 19%. And so uh, Morgan Burnett and Clay Matthews, did not get any votes. Morgan had a good year too, though. I, I I think he was definitely up there for me as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think Haha or Daniels are probably the right choice. Yeah, that crumbling Clay Matthews, though. I I think he earned his zero yeah. votes this year. Yeah, it was all about the commercials this year for him. So. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, number three on the ballot here is our second best game of the year, which we are um, excluding the divisional round game against Dallas, obviously, because that would be everybody's pick. So, uh, we have the week ter- thirteen. Uh, victory over the Houston Texans. We have the Week 14 defeat of the Seattle Seahawks. Week 15 against the Chicago Bears. Uh, week 16 against the Minnesota Vikings on Christmas Eve. And uh, Week 16 against the Detroit Lions. Whoops, there's a typo. Week 17, it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah, Week 17. Yeah, obviously we can play both teams in Week 16 there. We could have um, done it at that time during the stretch. And then the wild card defeat of the New York Giants. Uh, second half surge putting away Eli. I voted for the Seattle game, and very few times have, maybe not since 1997, have I taken so much glee and just kicking the crap out of another team. And I know we had beaten Seattle the week before, but, or I'm sorry, the year before, but Seattle had started to gain that momentum that they might be a team that could do some damage in the playoffs, and then um, we were still hopeful that the Packers were coming on a little bit towards the end of the season, but um, 
weren't sure how they would stand up to having to play a really good defense because Rodgers was playing better, but they still hadn't had that huge breakout party yet. And to have them just smash Seattle on national TV, hand them the biggest loss of the Russell Wilson era, pick, pick off Russell Wilson five times, um, that's about as satisfying as a regular season win in a 10-6 and six season will ever be. Yeah, that was pretty amazing, and you ended up needing that one too to make the playoffs so that it ends up being very significant too. Um, mm-hmm. These were all so good. I, I think I excluded the, the Texans one right away, and the Bears one for me too. It was, it was amazing at the end, but you let that garbage team get back <laughs> in against you, so I didn't like that one as much, but yeah. uh, I was torn between a bunch of these. I ended up choosing the wild card game, though, against New York just because of obviously the significance, but you have the Hail Mary at the end of the first half. It was super close throughout the first half too, so the score looks like a blowout, but then you know, we're all panicking and, and worried at halftime, and they come out and just blow their doors off in the second half. And I just remember feeling a, a feeling of satisfaction. You beat Eli, you you win a playoff game, and you kind of think about the whole year and everything kind of coming together at that point. You feel like potentially your Super Bowl contender at that point. So mm-hmm. I think that was the best I felt all year. And it kind of validated the run-the-table thing. Mm-hmm. If they had lost that game, I think it would have come down hard on Rodgers and McCarthy that, well, yeah, you, you beat... I mean, sure, you beat Seattle, but you beat kind of a bunch of run-of-the-mill teams. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great one. The fans selected the Seattle Seahawks game, uh, 64% of the vote. The Giants game got most of the rest with uh, a single vote for the Texans and Bears games. Hmm. So, All right. you, you thought there'd be more respect for the playoffs? Yeah, I, and I was kind of close to the the Lions one too. Um, I mean, you win the NFC North after running the table, so that was a great one too. But yeah, yeah I don't. That Texans one, I kind of hated that game. Well, I think the snow. It was fun to watch a snow game. I suppose, but yeah, you almost let Brock Osweiler beat you. So it wasn't that close, was it? I guess I can't. Well, it's twenty-one thirteen. It was a one-score game at the end. Yeah, but wasn't it like uh, twenty-one to seven with like forty seconds left, and then they got some BS touchdown bomb to um, Hopkins? Yeah, I suppose. But either way, bitter. Either you're way. just you're just salty. I think that uh, yeah. nobody picked the Giants. Any game with the Texans in it, I guess I just kind of hate it. I don't even I don't <laughs> hardly remember that game. So I I can agree with that. All right. Uh, well, the number four one we have the Yes Award, uh, best play moment of the year. So a, a lot of really big moments this year. We have uh, Aaron Rodgers twenty nine yard touchdown pass to Devontae Adams. Um, Rodgers being pulled down and Adams catching a contested ball against Jacksonville. Nobody was going to vote for that one, but I just needed another choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Demarius Randall cutting off uh, wide open Doug Baldwin, intercepting Russell Wilson's pass at the goal line. Um, Aaron Rodgers, 60-yard pass to Jordy Nelson on 3rd and 11 to set up the game-winning field goal at Chicago. Aaron Rodgers, 42-yard Hail Mary to, to Randall Cobb against the Giants. Uh, Rodgers hitting Cook along the sidelines for 36 yards on 3rd and 20 to set up the game-winning field goal uh, against Dallas. And uh, Mason Crosby, 51-yard field goal twice to send Green Bay to the NFC Championship game at Dallas. What did you select? I'll let you go first this time. Oh, I'm having a hard time remembering what I selected, to be honest with you. Um, um, let me try to find that. I'll talk about mine. Um, I selected the Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary to Randall Cobb just because that game we were struggling and the offense wasn't doing much. And when um, just watching the game, I mean, that might have been the time when I actually said that because we're sitting there and I was talking 
out loud saying that this is the end zone at the time of the game in 2011 when the Giants did the exact same or threw a Hail Mary in the left corner of the end zone to Hakeem Nix that changed the game and then Aaron Rodgers throws a Hail Mary to Randall Cobb in the left corner of the end zone going the same way on TV and it was just surreal and even the radio call by Larry McCarron he just can't believe it's happened again and uh, so for me um, that's the one I chose. Okay. I think you selected Mason Crosby's field goal. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go with, honestly, any of the last four I'd be fine with. So whatever I selected, um, those were all some of the best moments we've seen in years. All the majority against the Bears was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Hail Mary, like you said, and hitting Jared Cook along the sidelines was about as big as it gets. But, um, I mean, hitting two of those long field goals against the Cowboys where we're all certain that we're going to lose that game just based on our recent history. Yeah. And for him to somehow hit those two long ones uh, to put us in the NFC Championship game seemed improbable to think. So I'll go with that one. Yeah, and I, I agree that that Mason kick was huge, and I think I've never yelled such a like relieved guttural yes, like when a play went through because it was just like all the reasons you described, and the same with the Jordy Nelson one. And I think the reason I picked the Cobb one is because it was a happier moment, whereas the other ones were like, oh my god, thank God we're not going to blow this game that we had yeah. in hand an hour ago. Um, but as far as our uh, listeners are concerned, the a rare tie, Aaron Rodgers to Randall Cobb and the Mason Crosby 51-yard field goal tied, each with about 40% of the vote. Um, the rest going to the throw to Jordy Nelson with one vote for the Demarius Randall interception. So um, nobody picked the Jared Cook play. Interesting, yeah. I guess maybe just because the Crosby one supersedes it, and if you talk about the ultimate like relief, but we're not out of the woods yet, and we'll probably miss this field goal, I think that's how I felt, and maybe because it was so contested, you didn't get that reaction when it first happened, because you weren't sure if he actually caught it. Yeah, it makes sense. But Okay, tie for uh, Mason Crosby, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Randall Cobb. Alrighty, and then on the alternate of that are the You Bleeping Kidding Me Award for the worst play moment of the season. So we have Matt Ryan, game-winning touchdown to Mohamed Sanu uh, in the regular season. We have Andrew Luck breaking Ha Ha Clinton Dick's sack attempt to complete a 20-yard pass uh, for a first down to clinch the win. DeMarco Murray breaking off a 75-yard touchdown for the Titans. Kirk Cousin hitting Jamison Crowder for 53 yards uh, down the middle of the field. And Aaron Ripkowski fumbling at the Atlanta 10 uh, to open the floodgates in the blowout loss. Yikes. Um, for me, I selected the Kirk Cousins to Jamison Crowder for 53 yards. Um, I don't know how well everybody remembers that game because you tend to just remember the awesome six-game win streak. But Aaron Rodgers and the offense played well that day. And the defense would hold him to third down. And every single time, Cousins would throw a... Simple route, splitting the safeties for like 50 yards. A couple were touchdowns. This Crowder one got him down to the one, and then they got a touchdown a, a play or two later. And I think this was the only one that, maybe the Marco Murray one would be in there too, but this was the one that was just, fire everybody. Like, after that play, I'm like, I'm done. These guys stink. If you would have asked me in that moment if what happened the rest of the way was possible, I would have thought you were a lunatic. And so that one is going to define the lowest point of not only this season, but one of the lowest pl- regular season points of the Mike McCarthy era, and then to have it change after that was phenomenal. But that moment sticks out to me as the depths of the four-game losing streak. 
Yeah, and I finally agreed with you on one here, and it was for, <laughs> you. You literally said everything I that went into my thought process too. Is that you know that Titans game was garbage and it was depressing, but it was kind of at the beginning of that fall apart streak where that one was the backbreaker, and you threw in the towel, and we all knew we were done. And the fact that they came back, like you said, was not even in our minds. We were pretty sure it was over because this defense was just horrible mm-hmm. um, and couldn't stop anything. So I think that was for me the low point of the year too. Yeah, and I just did want to give some special uh, uh, discussion to that Andrew Luck play, and that was early in the streak, but then that was the one where you're like, oh my gosh, they legitimately have some problems, but that's the the poor play that uh, cost HaHa Clinton Dix uh, his Defensive Player of the Year award in my eyes, and I, I really like him, and I think he's he's a good player, he's one of the best we have, but... To me, the thing that always kind of holds me back, and he's more in the Darren Sharper category than the Leroy Butler or Nick Collins, is because when he has a chance to make these plays, he doesn't. And Leroy Butler and Nick Collins always did. And uh, you can go back to the NFC Championship game in 2014 with the same way. And so uh, that play, unfortunately, is what I remember haha best for in 2016. Sure. The fans uh, disagreed with us. About half of them said that Aaron Ripkowski fumbling was uh, the, the play. And I guess I can agree with that because that's probably the play when we realized that the season was going to end today. Um, but, yeah, for me, um, I think that the, the Redskins one was worse. But we'll give Aaron Ripkowski this very good award. Uh, we also had... Um, about 30% for DeMarco Murray, and then uh, you and I for the Jamison Crowder was most of the rest with a couple votes for the other two. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, like you said, that's it's basically when we were like, yep, done. That was the Ripkowski <laughs> one, so that makes sense, too. Um, yeah. Uh, number six is the Donald Driver Award. Which player greatly improved or contributed much more than was expected? Um, so I put, uh, I believe I went in line with my offensive MVP here, which... Um, an obvious increase in improvement was Devontae Adams. I, I think that's one of the most improvements we've ever seen from year to year from any player on the Packers in the last couple of decades here, so I think that was an easy choice for me. Yeah, and I that, that was a good one, and I, I don't know why I didn't think to put him in there, but I was going to vote for Ty Montgomery because... Yeah, that's good too. Yeah. But I didn't. Uh, I changed it at the last second, and I voted for Lane Taylor uh, beca- huh. because we completely forgot about him. Yeah. And it was a mini crisis at the beginning of the season that they're going to go into this season without Josh Sitton and they're weakening one of their strongest parts of the team. And you didn't notice Lane Taylor at all. He had a great season. Uh, the team didn't miss a beat without Josh Sitton. And in in fact, they played much better offensively as a, as a unit than they did the year before. So I, I thought Lane Taylor deserved it. Yeah, that's a great one. Give some Give the lineman some love there. He deserves that one. Well, uh, the people have agreed with you and my initial thoughts, and so we have another tie. Um, if I would have voted for Ty Montgomery, I would have broken the tie and given it to Ty exclusively, but it tied, so it's Ty and Devante um, with a vote for Lane Taylor and then tons of votes for both Ty and Devontae Adams. Um, and then we also had a vote for Jared Cook and one for Morgan Burnett, who uh, didn't vote for okay. him earlier in the, the year, or I'm sorry, earlier in the ballot, but thought he deserved one. Sure. All right, uh, number seven, we've got the one-way ticket award. So which Packers player, coach, or front office member would you like to award a one-way ticket out of town? Who did you pick for this one, Eric? This one was really tough for me, and it always comes down to a couple of our usual suspects. Uh, For me this year, it was Ted Thompson. And maybe he can – he's not going to go anywhere, but um, I guess in the playoffs and during the four-game losing streak – 
I just was incredibly frustrated with the way that he's done a lot of things. And yes, there's been a ton of injuries, but for his idea or his idea for years has been to try to plug these gaping holes with young players, unproven players. Um, he's gone every now and then to plug one hole like Jared Cook at tight end. But for the most part, I think he's been too complacent for how close this team has been to a championship. And I'm not asking for him to go and get Josh Norman or be the Giants and completely rework your entire defense with free agents. But to do nothing, I think, is irresponsible. And for a team as battered and beaten as this one, to still get to the NFC Championship game and you still sit on your hands year after year is inexcusable. And uh, I'm ready to, to send him packing. Yeah, that was my second choice. Uh, I went on original on this one and went Dom Capers, and I, I think I got more frustrated with Thompson this year than I, I did with Dom Capers, but I think the the track record, if if I'm picking one to get the heck out of here, it's Dom Capers at this point, just because I feel like I maybe trust Ted Thompson a little bit, but I mean, just to have to watch them trot the same awful uh, defense with, with holes when you, you least need them to have holes and just they always collapse and it's so frustrating that this just doesn't seem to change so if, if I get a vote, like a real vote to get somebody out, it's still Dom Capers <laughs> Poor Dom has now won the one way ticket award for th- the third year out of five, so that's pretty impressive Hey, he earned it though He, he sure did it. Yeah, he, he sure did. And you can see, if you go on the Green and Gold Forever Facebook page, you can see his previous acceptings of those awards, and he seems quite delighted to be receiving the one-way ticket award. Which is, So I guess... Just, just kind of a middle finger to us, like, screw you guys, I'm going to be here forever. <laughs> he always dresses up so nice, too, to, to receive those awards. Yeah. So I guess you can't uh, fault him for a positive attitude. <laughs> uh, everybody, not everybody, but uh, oh, a majority agree with you. He got 55% of the vote, and you could probably bump that up because he also had or somebody put any everyone not named Rogers, Nelson, or Montgomery. So mm-hmm. that didn't win, so luckily we don't have to give out that many goldies. But Dom Capers is included in that group, so I, I would say that would even raise his percentage <laughs> even higher. Uh, Ted Thompson got about a quarter of the rest, and then the only people outside... Um, of those two that we got were all in the secondary, about uh, one vote sure. for each of the secondary people. Okay. Including poor Sam Shields. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Heartless. Yeah, I guess maybe they maybe it's more compassionate than we thought because they knew he was leaving, so thus everyone yeah, else gets to go. stay. There you go. Or they just they want to make sure his uh, health is, is forefront and that he doesn't get hurt anymore, so hopefully that's that's the case there. Or they think he's a wuss um, that bonks his head too much and they want him to get out of here. <laughs> That's probably really what they were thinking. <laughs> All right, and uh, uh, number eight on the ballot here, we have the Because They Deserve It Award. So to a Packer you think is wor- worthy of an award for a reason not already covered, and I'll go with mine here, is I, I haven't chosen him yet, but I'm going to go with David Bakhtiari. So he uh, he didn't get in directly to the Pro Bowl, but definitely deserved it. And I th- based on a lot of the statistics that they, they have now, the advanced metric stuff was basically the best left tackle at pass protection in the league and mm-hmm. did pretty good all around and to be that stable left tackle um that we you know we've been looking for for a few years he sure looks like he's an all pro and one of the best out there so i love having him on the team yeah that's a really good one um i chose julius peppers and part of this is kind of over the last few years um I don't think any of us expected him to play through the life of that contract that he got in 2014 mm-hmm. and for him to play as well as he did, particularly in 2014, but then as he got older, to still find a way to contribute. Uh, this year, he was used sparingly, but when he was out there, he was still an impact guy. And I guess for him, 
perhaps Hall of Fame bound to have played on some good teams that were competitive, uh, go to the NFC Championship game four times, get to the Super Bowl once, and he's probably going to retire without a championship. And so I kind of feel bad for him, but it's also the uh, um, I wanted to give him this award just out of appreciation that he, believe it or not, outplayed the expectations I had for him when we got him in 2014. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. It, you know, in a defense devoid of playmakers, if you can have a guy in his whatever mid to late 30s that's still making impact plays here and there, it's, I mean, that was huge. I, it, it was nice to have the option to bring him back for the, the last couple of years of that because we would have been even more lost without him. So mm-hmm. um, it's nice that he got to cap off what was a Hall of Fame career with us. So we at least got to witness some of the, the tail end of that. Yeah, and perhaps he's not done, um, and maybe he'll end up coming back to the Packers for another year. But, um, yeah, if this is the end, I think the Packers got their money's worth. Um, tons of different answers to this one. Uh, we got uh, some for Ty Montgomery. Um, I suspect I know the originator of this one, Jacob Shum, for being the sexiest. Um, I think that might go uh, to uh, our sister, who uh, kind of is infatuated with him. Um Haha Clinton Dix for having a funny name and for playing every play on defense during the regular <laughs> season and playoffs. So that's a good enough reason. Um, there's one in there for me, which I can't accept because I'm not on the Packers. So I don't know who was thinking of that. Um, but for the most... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Some kiss ass. <laughs> it wasn't me. But you, do, you do deserve it, though, Eric. Well, I can't accept it because I'm not a Packer. But I appreciate uh, whoever wrote that. Um, the winner though, David Bakhtiari, uh, several votes individually, and then also uh, one collectively for the offensive line. So I think they agree with you and we'll give it to Bakhtiari. All right. Um, the, the Bill and Ted's phone booth award. So which Packers player from the past would you kidnap from history and add to the 2017 Packers roster? Do the kids these days know about Bill and Ted? Cause that movie's so good. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I would think they probably do, hopefully. I don't know. I would hope so. I just saw an article about it today randomly on, like, Yahoo or something, so somebody's probably talking about it. Uh, who'd you uh, pick? Uh, I, yeah, I'll go with mine here. I chose uh, I chose the 2009 generation of, of Charles Woodson here because um, I was close to doing, like, Leroy Butler, and obviously, I mean, you could go Reggie White, and that would definitely be fantastic, or any of the old guys from the 60s are fun, but I hated to go so recent, but really when I was thinking about um, the team being so lack of playmakers and so lack of a pass for our so lack of a solid corner. Yeah. It was just like literally everything, you know, it's, it's somebody that, um, uh, Charles Woodson could have came in and kind of helped a lot of that stuff and cover a lot of ground and, and be the guy they needed and make it a bunch of tackles too. So, um, to me, if you could have transplanted him onto this team, you've, you've got a pretty good chance of going to a Super Bowl and you're a much better defense. Yeah, that's a great one, and I was going to put that, but I suspected a lot of other people were going to put it, so I had to be me and come up with the most hipster Packer fan answer ever, and so I picked Tim Harris, the old linebacker, so he still... He was a monster back then, but he was big enough where he still could play in today's NFL. He's 260 pounds. He's six foot six, and I, I meant 1989. Tim Harris. He had 20 sacks playing the Clay Matthews position uh, the year prior, playing special teams. He blocked two punts and he returned one for a touchdown. He had two safeties. So this guy was just a force to be reckoned with. And the main thing is, not only was he good, but he was mean and could back it up. And that's something I think this defense desperately needs more of. Yeah, I would agree with that. 
but pretty much everybody agreed with you. Uh, Charles Woodson got about 60% of the vote. And then we had a few other answers, mainly for um, Reggie White. Uh, we had one in there for Donald Driver because he's a good guy. Um, I, I like Driver, but I don't know if he'd help the team all that much um, coming up next year. A real good dark horse one that I didn't think of, Amon Green. Um, kind of forgot about that. And then also um, Leroy Butler, Sterling Sharper in there as well, uh, amongst others. But uh, Charles Woodson gets the award. All right. Um, and then I think we had some other creator awards, didn't we, that you have there? We sure did. So the final award was um, partially out of trying to have a little fun here and partially because I couldn't think of another award. So invent your own award. And uh, if you um, – quite a few of you actually skipped this because I was afraid that uh, people were going to not – be able to answer this and then not submit the ballot. So um, we had more ballots than we had uh, submissions for this question. But we, uh, I had some fun making those. And uh, I don't know if you saw on our Facebook page, Matt, but I, I took an artist's rendering of uh, each of yeah, these that was awesome. <laughs> awards. So if you can go out there and look for your own on there. Uh, but Matt, why don't you start? What was your new award? What was the criteria and who wins it? Well, I won with the Ahmad Carroll Joey Thomas Award, um, and I w- graciously awarded this to Quentin Rollins and Demarius Randall for obvious reasons. So, those of you who have been a Packer fan more than the last decade or so remember these guys from what what year were they even drafted? Oh, three, oh, four. I think two thousand four. Four um, came in uh, two higher drafted cornerbacks um, that were supposed to kind of be your your bookends for years to come and both just completely bombed and <laughs> I felt like I had to give this to, to Randall and Rollins because they looked like they had so much promise and then I mean just to see the way they played all of last year was um, just horrible and they looked lost out there and looked like they belong in the NFL so I think as of right now they could turn their careers around but I I think they award or they deserved an award for how much they disappointed me this year. Yeah, it's concerning that they were so bad in year two, and I know they each uh, battled injuries, but to be as bad as they were near the end season is concerning. And making so many what seemingly were obvious mental mistakes. Um, in their defense, though, Ahmad Carroll and Joey Thomas were abysmal, and I don't think they ever had even flashes like the other two had last year. So I think it's still a, a deserved award, but hopefully uh, they still have time to uh, to maybe get one of these other awards in future years. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, I don't know how confident I am, but uh, let's hope so. Okay, I the award I created was the Hopelessly Devoted to You Award, awarded to a person that I want on the team no matter what, no matter how irrational and detrimental it might be, and I re- awarded that to Eddie Lacy. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be on the team. Um, he's kind of a big fat guy uh, the last couple of years, but I enjoyed watching him play. He really rescued the team in 2013 when Rodgers was gone. I enjoy his style of play. He seems like a fun-loving guy. Um, if I were in his position and the Packers offered me a one-year deal, I'd tell him to go take a hike, and I would sign and play um, four, three or four years or one year or two years at a big signing bonus for a team like Jacksonville and cash in while my career still has value. So I don't think he'll be back, but I really wish he would be. Yeah, that'd be nice. And you could still definitely see a guy like that coming back and playing really well, too. I, he didn't look very bad last year when he played for a few games or just played for a little bit. So 
Um, yeah, it'd be nice to see him back. I, I think he could still have some impact. I don't know if he's completely hopeless yet at this point, but I, yeah, he's, he's fun and he's been good, so I'd like to see him back too. And I'm not saying he's hopeless. I'm saying my devotion oh, to him. Yeah, it's. I was going to use Olivia Newton-John's face as the award, but I used <laughs> I used the heart instead because we already had a pop star award. So yeah, <laughs> that. Okay, so Matt, how about I read the award and then I'll give you a chance to comment on it, and then we can go on to the next one. All right, that sounds good. good. Okay, so speaking of the pop star. The Harry Styles Award for Best Hair goes to David Bakhtiari. So he takes two home tonight at the fifth annual Goldies. Yeah, and I'm, I, I agree with that, I think. I mean, Clay's the obvious choice forever here, but I think he's a little arrogant about his hair nowadays. So I think yeah. you know, Bakhtiari's un, under the radar good hair, so I, I'm, I'm good with that. If Josh Sitton were still on the team, would he have a chance to threaten for it or not? Yeah, I mean, him and Bakhtiari are basically the same hairstyle up top, but then Bakhtiari's got the nice facial hair to go with it, too, so I think that he's got the edge. <laughs> yeah, Sitton looks a little unkept, so I, I think yeah. he can't he can't get the Harry Styles Award with a giant beard like that all over the place. That right. just is not right. Um, okay, then we also have the Branded Bostic Award. This goes to a player who had the most boneheaded play or single-game performance during the season, and this goes to Ladarius Gunter for his coverage of Julio Jones in the NFC Championship game, which I think Julio had a couple touchdowns, almost uh, 200 yards. And uh, so I guess it's fitting to go with your award that Ladarius Gunter doesn't escape scot-free. Yeah, that's true, because he was definitely a big part of that, but I, I sort of feel bad for him in that one. Now I feel worse that he's getting an award, because that was a winless battle, but there was no way he was going to cover that guy, so just kind of thrown in from being an eighth corner in the preseason, and then he has to cover Julio Jones in the biggest game of the year. Yeah, this is true. Um, it's funny, because they really had no choice at that point, but to have it go <laughs> just... Um... Yeah, you're going into the NFC Championship game, and then I just imagine that right before the end of the team meeting was, and then Gunter is covering Julio. All right, let's go. Uh, let's right, win. Let's team. go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he was put in a tough position, but uh, he could have performed a little bit better. I mean, Bostic was put in a tough, tough position too. You're a pro. Make the play. So I think it's a, an appropriately named award. All right. Um, we have the Joe Namath Award going to the player who makes a bold promise that seems impossible but comes true. Named for Joe Namath's guarantee in Super Bowl three, and this goes to Aaron Rodgers for saying that the Packers will run the table. Pretty obvious choice, but I mean, yeah, I mean that was just it seemed as improbable as the Joe Namath one too. Everybody's like, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no way that's happening, but it came true, so that's a good, uh, good award. Yeah, he did seem like just a delusional leader doing player speak and you know Mike McCarthy had that I'm a successful football coach you know that week and so I think we didn't expect him to say anything else but yeah I think it was a uh, um it's a good award I think he deserves credit for that that's probably what this season's going to be remembered for forever mm -hmm. um the unnoticed award going to Brian Bulaga I think that's a that's a fair award for a guy who's yeah. very quietly had a nice little three-year run here yeah, for sure, and to really find his home out there um, in his new position and and to be so stable, I think early in his career we were all pretty worried that this may not turn out for him So uh, with injuries and what have you, so it's been nice to see him solidify that offensive line. It's, uh, that's a good award, too. And the award that uh, is on the photo on the Green and Gold Forever Facebook page is that little circle above Harry Styles that's this little 
ball with his hand in the air around a bunch of faceless balls. You wouldn't believe how little options there are in clip art or anything else to um, embody unnoticed. It's a hard concept to show in a in a photo, <laughs> but that's the best I could do. I mean, the company that made those out of 24 karat gold, the best they could do. Right, it's hard to sculpt something like that out of gold. Exactly, exactly. So that's where that came from. Okay, the Powering Through Award, which is the guy holding the... Um, Matt, I'm not a weightlifter. What the hell? I, the barbell over his head? Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> okay. Um, doing the Olympic-style lift. Uh, this goes to someone who showed a tremendous toughness during injury, and that goes to Jordy Nelson playing and playing well in the NFC Championship game with busted ribs. And that definitely uh, deserves to be remembered. And it's unfortunate they lost that game because I think even by the start of next year, a lot of people will have forgotten that. But that's as gutsy as a performance as we've ever seen. Right, and just to hear his, his teammates talking about that after the game and Rodgers and, and all those guys and how... Um, I mean, it looked like they were going to be moved to tears with, with how proud they were of him for doing that. And, um, yeah, it stinks to see that happen in a blowout because it loses some of its effect. But, I mean, you got to love that guy. Packer fans love Jordy Nelson for a reason, and that's a big part of it. To, to play through that when most guys wouldn't, I, that shows a lot of heart. Yeah, and I think, like you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, I think, had to stop for a moment in his, his press conference and kind of compose himself because he was starting to tear up over yeah. how hard Jordy was. And, yeah, that was um, a hard <laughs> Jordy. <laughs> We'll just let that one go. Um, yeah, but it was a great, great play for great game for Jordy Nelson. Let's move on. Okay, the social media award. Uh, this is a really good one, and whoever came up with this, this is awesome. Uh, awarded to the player who had the best quote on social media during the season, and that award goes to Devonte Adams for his tweet saying, "Great team win today." Um, sure, performance by Devonte Adams, but we pulled it off. Uh, all that matters, go Pat, go. So I don't know if you saw that, but that was Devontae Adams yeah. tweeting about himself in the third person, and at the time I thought it was real funny. Yeah, you know, mine would uh, mine would have gone different, and I won't be able to say any of them on the air, but I really like the throwback tweets that got revealed from Geronimo Allison, too, so <laughs> yeah. just for laugh factor. Yeah, those are good. Um, so that would have been good for, for that one, too, but I think at least uh, Devontae's are a little more appropriate. So. Well, there is still not the, the nicest words in yeah. there, but... I think if we're going to open this up to all time, uh, you also have to go with uh, Eddie Lacy when he was having his uh, criticisms for being fat last year. Someone dug up him just tweeting about McGriddles all the time, which was fun. And, yeah. and then, of course, there's the TJ Lang one that I think got him fined pretty big after the fail Mary where he just tweeted F the refs in uh, all lowercase. So. Yeah. Yeah, those are all awesome. Yeah, those are all pretty good, too. And the last one of somebody who wrote in, and I guess we'll accept this one, the greatest podcasters, Eric and Matt. Wow. So I think that... Is that for real? Yeah, that was somebody put it in there, but uh, it also said seriously not sure after that, so I, I don't know if that invalidates the award at all. <laughs> no, no, we'll take it. We'll take it. Best podcast ever. You heard it here first. So uh, clearly... Clearly that debate's over. So we've always known it, but it's nice to finally receive a Goldie in the Goldies, right? Yeah, I mean, we've lucked it up now. Just as Tom Brady is, he'll be the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, we will be the greatest podcast of all time, and nobody shall ever argue it ever again. <laughs> Sounds good to me. And with that, uh, we close the fifth annual Goldie Awards. They stopped them! They stopped them! Stopped them. And there is your
All right, so thanks everyone for voting and making this a whole lot of fun. Uh, we always have a great time doing the Goldie Awards, but this being the fifth annual one, I think this might have been my favorite with uh, the fan votes and some of the other uh, things that were said during it. So uh, thanks everyone for uh, really making this a whole lot of fun. And if you haven't had a chance, go to the Green and Gold Forever podcast Facebook page and you can see all the goofy little awards that we tried to make uh, icons for each of the awards that you uh, contributed to the show. All right, so um, as we wrap up here, um, we got a little bit of house cleaning to do and uh, some last wrap-up here. And so it was fitting that the last Goldie Award that uh, was given out was to Eric and Matt. And so, um, Matt, I guess I'll, I'll just give you the floor if you want to say anything um, about uh, your future on the podcast. Sure. So um got sad news for our, our listeners is that this will um, – May not be my last podcast ever, but will at least be be the end for now for me. Um, sometimes life just takes you in a direction where you can't do everything you want to do anymore. So, I've got uh, got a family starting here uh, in early summer, so priorities kind of change a little bit. So, going to be moving more towards that, and unfortunately, won't be joining the, the podcast for next year in whatever form that takes without me here. So, mm-hmm. appreciate you know everybody who's listed listened and commented and appreciated us over the last five years when we've been doing this and appreciate all the hard work you put into this Eric too and doing this I just just come on here and join you and talk about stuff and you do all the legwork so it just uh, thanks to you and thanks to everybody who's listened to us over the years well and this was something we just kind of thought of uh, five years ago and uh, you know it's the fact that it's gotten to five years has been really a whole lot of fun and um yeah, so I know Matt, he's got perverse priorities. He's he's given up the podcast and starting a family instead. So, I mean, what a strange thing to do. But, no, obviously, um, I don't know how long everybody's been listening, but uh, Matt and I are brothers, and so I'm incredibly excited for him and his wife to, to kind of have, uh, you know, they're, they're having a kid. It's the first one in our family, so we're all really excited. Um, but uh, I, I I think this has been fun, and uh, I'm, I'm glad we've been able to do this and just getting a chance to – BS uh, every uh, Monday after games has been awesome, and we'll still get to do that. We're just not going to record it uh, for everybody, and we're not going to have it so structured. Um, but, uh, yeah, you might hear more from Matt down the road. And I guess as far as the future of the show, um, I'm kind of going to take the off season to kind of sit back. And um, I, I don't have quite as much going on uh, and as important things with Matt. But, you know, both of us are going to be 30 this year. We have more um, – uh, obligations at work and things like that and we really enjoy doing the show and I, I enjoy doing a lot of the goofy stuff and I'm sure I'll do something a lot of you have mentioned that uh, you followed my old YouTube channel and, and things like that and so I've been doing something creative in terms of the Packers for about a decade now and so I'm sure that won't change and uh, definitely stick around because we'll have some sort of show on here I just don't know what that's going to be if that's going to be the same thing um, with uh, weekly shows and and whoever else might join me I I guess I don't know yet but uh, thank you so much for the support over five years and I guess Matt I I never thought we'd make it this far and the fact that we still have people that care and are visiting the Facebook page and listening for a couple of fans opinions uh, every week is is quite humbling to me well yeah I I think it's been a lot of fun and I know that you guys who are listening to this right now have hopefully felt like you, you know, it was just a place for you to go talk sports too. Where you know we're just a couple of regular guys. I mean, we don't have any ins with the Packers or anything. It's just we're kind of you know the voice of the fan uh, for just the regular people like us that just like to talk about it. So it's been fun to talk with all of you guys about this stuff. Yeah. So with that, um, thank you so much for um, um, five great years of this form of Green and Gold Forever. But don't worry, Green and Gold Forever is still going to be around um, in some form. Um, we'll uh, just keep 
coming to the page. If you have any ideas for things you want to hear, special topics, I really want to do some special topics in the off season. If it, if it's maybe just me investigating stuff or or talking about different stuff, um, let us know uh, any ideas you have. But if anything, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. And so for Matt in Altoona, I am Eric in Appleton. Thank you so much, everyone, and enjoy the off season. Take care, everyone.